Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, we open our hearts today in Jesus' name to hear your voice, Lord. The voice of the one I love. He's calling me higher. Thank you, Lord, even as we were singing, Lord. Lord, we're coming after you, Lord, with every step as we seek you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just take steps to, and I just feel like we take steps to honor the Holy Spirit. Lord, just acknowledging your presence, Holy Spirit. Believing in your presence, Holy Spirit. And knowing that it's, it's your presence, Lord, that makes us alive, that leads us and guides us and quickens the word of God to our spirits today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to, we're, we're going to be in John chapter 17 um, in the first few verses there. John 17, verses 1 through, through 5. And if, if I had to title this, I, I, would, I would call this magical moments. Magical moments. You know, the, um, I was thinking about Disney and how successful they've been in marketing to people in, in that mystical regard. They're, the mystery of life, the, the mystical, the fantastic. How many remember Fantasia? Right? I remember I, w- I was first exposed to some of the movies with, with, um, with the mice and Cinderella and, uh, and, and Beauty and the Beast and some of these magical and fantastic things. And they appeal to the human spirit because in every one of us, we know that there's more. We know that the, the spirit and the flesh and the mind and the emotion, this isn't it. We know that there is an eternal realm of glory beyond the natural realm that we see. And every time God speaks to us in our spirits, something magical happens. That's a, that's a magical moment. Every time he quickens something to us, it comes alive to us. We, we feel alive. We're quickened. We're made alive. We hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of our creator. And, and something magical happens. It's having a personal relationship with God. That's where it's all at. A personal relationship with a personal God and a personal creator. How many know Jesus came to the earth as a person, as a man, and he connected with 12 guys, and he developed personal relationships with those guys, and they walked together on the earth in close communion, in close relationship. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here today? God wants to have close personal, regular relationship with us. And every time he does, every time we hear from him, every time his voice speaks in our spirit, something magical happens. We take one more step closer to him. It's one more piece to the puzzle. 
It's one more little piece to that big jigsaw puzzle. You know, I don't like jigsaw puzzles. I don't know about you. They completely frustrate me to the point where when people are doing them, I walk right away. I don't want any part of it. I do not have time to be frustrated. I am frustrated already about many other things. <laughs> so no thank you. But when we hear God's voice in our spirits, we might be reading the scriptures and something comes alive to us. We hear God talking to us through that scripture. We're, we're going along, we're, we're worshiping God in our car and, and, and we just, something becomes alive to us. We know it's God. I've been praying about this thing, and I, I've spent some time, and I've said, Lord, here's this thing. And, well, I, I really don't feel like I've heard from God, but I'm just going along, and, you know, I'm going into the restroom. In fact, whoa, there it is. We were praying for the, the other day for, for wisdom. And we said, God, Lisa and I agreed, agreed with God for wisdom. We need your wisdom, Lord, in this situation. And right after that, the Bible says in the book of James, I don't know if you've read it recently, this is so great. He gives liberally without reproach. If any of you lacks wisdom, and by the way, it's in the context of trials. Count it all joy when you face diverse trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, right? And he says, I want you to have endurance. Do you have, is that a goal for you? It is for me today. But he says, listen, as you're, Walking along in life and you're enduring trials, you're going to need wisdom. And he said, let him ask God for wisdom. And then he says, listen, God gives liberally without reproach. In other words, he wants you to have it. He's heaping spoonfuls of wisdom, not just ooh, a little bit here and there. But the, then the Bible says this, let him ask in faith. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man not expect that he will receive anything from God. So if, you, if we pray to God, we say, God, I want to hear you. I want your wisdom. I need to hear your voice. We say, well, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know, you know, but God, you know, I, I might need to pray harder or maybe God didn't hear. I wasn't. No, God says, when you come to me for wisdom, you've got to stay in faith and thank me for the wisdom that's on its way. Even when we don't feel it. So we did that. And we got up off of our knees. We said, I don't have any wisdom. You got any wisdom? Nope. I don't even, you know. Do, do you know what to do? I don't know what to do. No, we don't know what to do. But we said, thank you, Lord. We're going to know what to do. Hallelujah. We're going to know. And then something over the next couple of days happened. I think it might have come out in conversation. And we were talking or something, and I just thought, you know what? That's God right there. That's God. I know. Do you know it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yep, that's the wisdom that we have been praying for. You see, we heard the voice of God in our spirits. We knew it was God, and it brought great joy. That was a magical moment in the journey. Amen? Every time God speaks in our spirits, it's exciting. And just like that puzzle, when we find one of those pieces that goes in that spot, do you know it was there all along? It was there all along. And God has set us up to hear his voice, to know which way we should go. He says, I promise to guide you, to lead you. I've designed you to hear my voice. 
he speaks through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And watch this now, 1 Corinthians 2. You have received not the spirit of the world, but you have received the spirit of God that you might know the things of God. Or in the context, you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for you and I. But we can know them by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Even the deep things of God. God's saying, listen, what guy knows what's going on inside the guy except the spirit and the guts inside the guy? I have no idea what's going on inside of you right now. I hope it is scriptures and Holy Ghost and attention. But he might be thinking about how many passing yards Patrick Mahomes is going to go for tonight. We don't know what's going on inside people. The same is with God. <laughs> God says, listen, I'm just like you. Listen, if you want to know what's going on inside of me, you want to know what I'm thinking? My spirit is, it, is in me, just like your spirit's in you. And my spirit's now on the earth so that you can know what I'm saying to you. I said, Lord, give me a metaphor. And I'm sitting up here, and I thought, you ever see the, uh, how many know Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm sorry, look, if you're a, a Nintendo guy, you're, you're going to miss the metaphor here. But if you are familiar with Sega Genesis and you know Sonic the Hedgehog, he's the guy with, that rolls. They made a movie out of it, right? Part two was terrible. Part one was pretty good, I thought. Anyway, Sonic has these gold rings. And the evil guy, the bad guy, what's his name? Jim Carrey. Huh? Eggman. The Eggman's after Sonic. And he's after his gold rings. And the gold rings are magical. He throws those things anytime he gets in trouble and it opens up a portal into somewhere else, a different world. So every time the Eggman's chasing him, he takes one of those gold rings and he throws it out there and he runs through it and it brings him into a different dimension. God says, I gave you the spirit of God so that I could communicate with you. This is eternal life, John 17. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you've sent. Say, I want eternal, I want to live forever. I want to live in the glory of God. I want to live in his eternal life. God says, listen, eternal life is a thing, but it's also a vehicle. It's a machine. It's a thing that I put inside of you so that you could hear my voice and know my ways. Hebrews chapter 8 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them are going to teach his neighbor or his brother saying, you should know the Lord. No, all of them were going to, are going to know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. This new covenant that we're living in now, God says, I'm putting myself, I'm putting my spirit back into man so he can know me. I'm putting eternal life back into his spirit so he can communicate with me. And this is eternal life. This is the greatest thing ever. When we are quickened, 
when we hear the voice of God, when we have that personal relationship with God. Jesus says, this is it. And this is what brings God glory. Okay, I'm sorry, John 17. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is coming. Glorify your son. Excuse me, the hour has come. This is referred to as the high priestly prayer of Jesus. The hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I have given you before the world was. I want to talk about the magical moments where we know God and we do his will and we give glory to God. When you and I know God, when we're hearing his voice and doing his will, it gives great glory to God. Jesus deserved great glory for what he achieved on the earth. Amen? Would you agree with that? Jesus deserved it. And he said, Father, glorify your son. Do you know what he's saying? Father, they're going to kill me. But in three days, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be resurrected. And you're going to glorify me. But Father, all the glory's going back to you. Pastor Sue sent us a, um, an email yesterday about Super Bowl stars tonight that are followers of Jesus. And they're giving all the glory to God for the position that he's put them in. Harrison Buckner, number seven for the Kansas City Chiefs. I never thought I'd be on a stage like this, but here I am, and I need to glorify God for that. Hold it. Hang on a second. Let me scroll down here. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, wide receiver. We're not rooting for the Chiefs now, but these are Chiefs. I'm sorry. I've had some really dark days in my past where it was either death by suicide or talk to God. And you know, like I said, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my faith. And I don't play this game for anything else but for him. I'm going to give glory. You see, he heard the voice of God. I was uh, talking about a relative recently. Uh, His parents went through a horrible divorce. His father remarried another woman. He felt alone. He ended up in juvie. In the juvenile detention center, they wouldn't give him a rope, so he used his sheets. And he went to the ceiling, and he got his way up into the boards, and he tied that sheet to a rope, and he tried to hang himself. And he was there hanging, and that rope cut. He's a big guy. He knows how to tie a rope. He said, all of a sudden, that rope broke, and I heard the voice of God. And he told me that Jesus is his son. And he told me he loves me. And not to kill myself, because he's got a plan for my life. He heard the voice of God. (laughs) He said, well, me too, back in the day. No, we're wired to hear him every day. Every day. My favorite, let's get to some 49ers here. Pretty good. Brock says, yeah, 
I would say, and I was thinking about Pastor Ned's sermon the other day, about worship, trying not to hold on too tightly to your life and what you do with your job and make it your identity. So he says, my identity is not star quarterback of the, of the San Francisco 49ers. And honestly, that's been the case for me in my life. I haven't tried to hold on to the football life. Being a quarterback, it's been all about, all right, God, this is what I do, but I am who you say I am. Giving glory to God. This is the greatest stage. In fact, if we're recording, I can't even say super, I'm going to say duper null. This is the greatest stage in the Western culture for media and for money. And these guys are, they're at the top. And they're saying, hold it. God is greater. I'm going to give him glory because I'm only here because of him. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Father, I know that you're going to glorify me. And I'm okay with that but I'm giving it right back to you. And then he says, Father, glorify me. He says, these disciples, if you read on in the chapter, he said, Father, I want them to see the glory that you gave me before I came to the earth. So he's being prideful. Now hold on a second. It's okay to recognize one another in Christ. We're social beings. We're connected. It's okay to honor somebody. There's a glory on each one of us. Do you know that Jesus said, I finished the work. Each one of us has a work to do on this earth as we hear his voice and obey him. And it's going to give glory to God. But Jesus says, Father, they ain't seen nothing yet. John saw. John got a glimmer, didn't he, in Revelations chapter 1 when he saw Jesus and fell at his feet as dead. Jesus said, Father, the glory, they haven't seen anything yet. But when I come back to you, and then they come to join us later. They're going to see a glory like they've never seen before. Father, when I was with you before the beginning of creation, I was loved by you. I was so secure in you. I was so covered by you, so full of you, so full of your glory, Father. I want to go back there, but I want them to see me in that state. And we're going to see him. Amen? We're going to see him. But God says, I want you to know me, which is the key to giving glory to me. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, excuse me, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So how can we begin to know God in that intimate way where those magical moments happen? Listen, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, and if you want to go there with me, you can leave... John 17 for a moment. This is such a, a great example of, of knowing God intimately. Paul's prayer in Philippians 3.10 was that I might know him. I want to know him. Jesus promised this is eternal life. Eternal life, Father, is knowing you. <laughs> Actually having a relationship with our creator. Knowing him as Father. Do you know that Jesus said in John 17, I've manifested your name. Do you know what that name is? Father. Father. That is the New Testament revelation of God. He is Father. He is Father to those that come into the family through his Son, Jesus Christ. I want to be a Father to you. 
And Jesus says, I've manifested your name. And Paul said, oh, all this religious work in my pay. You mean telling me that's not the way? I've been so good. I've tried so hard. I'm at the top of the class. But it's all rubbish now. <laughs> now I know there's one thing to do, to know him. Now watch this. Say, well, Paul, you know, he must have been a real emotional guy. The Holy Spirit must have whacked him. He did in Acts chapter 9. He must have had some wonderful experiences with God. He did. But there was a practical aspect of his life in knowing God. And if we really want to know God, it has to become a part of what we do. What we do is knowing God. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, I'm going to show you how you love me. He says, listen, I've been trying to model this my whole life. I and the Father are one. I know him. He knows me. So whatever he tells me to do, because I know him, I do it, and it gives glory to him. I do it because I love him and I know him. But it affects everything I do. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. He said that I might know him, the power of his resurrection. There's a quickening. There's a life. There's a joy. There's a purpose. There's a hope. You can see it in my eyes. Watch this. The fellowship of his sufferings. I'm willing to suffer the consequences of obeying God at times. That's what I do. Being conformed to his death. When lust comes, no, 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 no. I've got to crucify that. No, that's, that's what I'm doing, and doing is knowing. My father doesn't want me getting into that, so I'm going to say no to that. I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to crucify that so I can be conformed into his death, and in doing that, I'm knowing him. I'm knowing him. So there's, there's the men, there's the minimum, and I feel like there's the minimum, the medium, and the maximum. Okay, let me give you an example. And I'm talking about knowing God now. Do you know Latavius Murray? He was at Elevate Sports on Thursday night in Westmoreland. For those of you that don't know, he's running back for the Buffalo Bills. And if I were to say to you, do you know Latavius Murray? You say, oh, yeah. And you say, yes. Six foot three, 230 pounds, played for six teams, grew up an hour from here in a city called Nedro, New York. Do you know him? Say minimum. Okay, ready? Number two, do you know Latavius Murray? Yes, I met him at Elevate Sports Complex. He was there Thursday night. I got a great selfie with him. Say medium. Okay. Do you know Latavius Murray? Yes, he's a good friend of mine. We talk all the time. We had lunch the other day. Say maximum. Let me give you another example. When I uh, teach in a classroom, do you understand what theme is? Yes, I heard you give me the definition. It is the central message of the story. All my middle schoolers know that. The theme is the central message of the story. Say minimum. Do you know what theme is? Yes. 
I can identify it and show it to you in a, in a story. Say maximum. Yes, I understand it. In fact, I can write about it and express it myself. And I've learned that people don't learn things when you tell them things. I coached tennis for six years. I'd show videos. I'd make outlines. And I'd say, this is what, no, I, didn't, I told you not to do that. You have to bend your knees. The racket has to go below the ball. You have to follow through. Your shoulder needs to be... I said that over and over again. And it wasn't until I developed some practical drills where people were actually doing what I was teaching, they didn't know a thing I was talking about. Now let's make it real for Christianity. Say the men, the mid, and the max. In our Christian lives... I heard that sermon. I was in church. That was good. Say men. I'm sorry, don't get mad. Mid. I went out and I listened to a podcast. I read my Bible. I even listened to a worship song. Say mid. Okay. Here's the maps. As I was reading the scriptures, God just, you know, the Holy Spirit impressed me when I was around that person and I told them about Jesus. I let it come out of my mouth. In fact, I got another one. Um, this person that I was around, they offended me big time. Jerk factor. But I prayed about it. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of his word in Colossians 4, 6 that said, let your speech always be with grace and seasoned with salt that you might know how you ought to answer each one. So after I prayed for that person and the Holy Spirit quickened something in me, it affected what I did. I did not flip out on that person. The Holy Spirit gave me a grace to talk to that person. It is affecting what I do. Say maximum. Knowing God is not just, is not passive. It's active. It's what we do. It is a constant hearing, listening, obeying. God says, I want to know you personally. I want you to know my ways. I want to know your ways, and I know your ways. My ways are better. My ways are better. And listen, I just, I don't want to go too far, but God wants us to take one step at a time. If you're in the back, you might not be able to see this, but there's a blue piece of tape here that runs across the middle of the sanctuary. And this is God's way. This, this line is God's way over here. And let's say you're over here. You've strayed. You're off doing your own thing. That's the word of God. And you might be thinking, how can I get back? It's too far. I, I, I've gone, I don't know what to do. Things have gone so far the other way, I, I just can't. Here's what God does. He comes along and he puts his arm on our shoulder. He says, I know you're over here, but I'm only looking for one step. So, all right, I can do that. All right, let's go. Now God says, hold on a second now. That was one day. That was one step. You say, God, I haven't reached the goal yet. Father, I'm not there yet. I'm discouraged again. God says, hold on a second. Today, if you will hear my voice, 
and listen to my, don't harden your heart. Let's take one more step. And okay, I'll take one more step. And then we're discouraged again. And God says, come on, let's take another step. And we're discouraged again. God, just hear my voice and walk at your ways. And soon enough, we are going to find ourselves walking in the plan of God for our lives. I have one more thing to tell you. I, I don't want to go too long, but the Japanese have perfected this thing called Kaizen. Kai, change, zen, better. It means continuous growth and improvement through continual change and reevaluation. And for any of you that have driven a Toyota before, you know that it works. They are constantly cycling back and reevaluating how's this system working? How can we improve it? Let's go back to it. Let's revisit it. They're constantly, they call them circles. They're circling back. They even tried it with a rice farmer in Japan. The rice farmer said, all these guys from Toyota walked in with these laptops. I thought they're taking over my farm. But they looked at the different systems and, and the way that they were doing them, and they found small refinements and ways that they could improve one step at a time. And then they went back to it, and they said, how's that going? Oh, we can improve that just a little bit better. That's the way God's word is. We go back to it again, and we go back to it again. The Bible says in James 1 that his word is like a mirror. I mean, we got to go back to that mirror. Because if you don't, I don't want to see you today. You better go back to that mirror in the next morning. We have to go back again because we forget. We have to go back to God's word and say, God, what is your word saying to me? What are you saying to me? So in closing, the magical moments are when we hear the voice of God in our spirits. When his word instructs us one step at a time. We know him one step at a time. And I feel like God wants to encourage us because it can be overwhelming when we feel like things are, are wrong and we're headed in the wrong direction. God says, don't harden your heart. Today, open your heart. Open the word of God. Open your heart to me in prayer and let me lead you one step at a time because I want you to know me. I want you to know my ways so that my ways become your ways and then you will give glory to me and your life will glorify God just as my sons did. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us up higher, calling us to hear your voice, calling us to know you, God. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.